Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball today on this Thursday, August 11th, and Mark Sheldon is back. Uh, the vacation went well, Mark, I presume? It was. It was a staycation. I, I generally stayed in Cincinnati with, a, with the exception of a couple of day trips, and it was just uh, nice to decompress after the trade deadline. I had a long, long overnight red-eye flight back and about 35 hours of up being up straight until Jay Bruce got traded and mm. beyond, so uh, I enjoyed my time off. I bet. Uh, decompress is certainly the right word, and uh, as nice as vacations are, th- those can be taxing as well. So staycations are sometimes what the body and the mind needs to get refreshed, and uh, you certainly sound like you are that and then some. So let's uh, let's talk about all things Reds right now. And, uh, Mark, unfortunately, i uh, got to start on a down note because the game on Monday night, it looked like it was going to be the first career win for Cody Reed in his uh, ninth attempt at it. Uh, the poor kid uh, sees a 4 nothing lead slip away in the bottom of the ninth in uh, St. Louis. The Cardinals, a stunning five-run rally to turn a 4-0 deficit into a 5-4 win. And now Cody Reed, uh, six scoreless innings, all for naught. He is still winless in his big league career in uh, nine stars. But, Mark, I want to start off on the uh, the bullpen that night, which has been much improved, uh, especially in the last you know month or two with guys like, you know, Singrani picking things up and Rysel Iglesias has been just silly good uh, since he came back and he's been put into the bullpen. But – that night, it was Singrani and Ross Olendorf who got beat up. Olendorf uh, eventually gives up the walk-off hit by pitch, of all things, to Yadier Molina. But Iglesias did not pitch in that ninth, and I kind of wondered why at the time. He had thrown over 30 pitches the day before, uh, kind of a not-so-sharp outing for him. Believed he walked three, gave up a run in one inning of work. Was he completely unavailable that night? Was, was he a guy that Brian Price wanted to stay away from no matter what? Yeah, generally, uh, when Iglesias pitches a lot in a game, whether it's one inning or with a lot of pitches, like 30-plus pitches, or he has a two-inning appearance or even a three-inning appearance, the likelihood is almost 100% that he will not pitch the next day. Uh, they're still using special protocols with him uh, that they don't use with other relievers just because he, he came back from two shoulder injuries in the last you know calendar year, including one this season that put him on the DL for six weeks. And uh, they're, they're still treating him with, uh, with special circumstances, and that makes him different than what, what would be, you know, he would be the ideal closer for this team. 
if he could work three days in a row or even two days in a row. And right now he's not in that position. He's been so stellar. He's got like a 0.59 ERA since June 21st when he came back. And uh, all signs are pointing that he could be their future closer. But right now he, he can't take on closer duties because he doesn't have uh, closer uh, endurance and the, and the gloves are not completely off for him. So um, they'll work through it. And eventually I would say him and Michael Lorenzen will be a, a potent late in combination uh, more regularly when, when they feel like uh, Iglesias is uh, ready to do that. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it was tough for Brian Price uh, on Monday night to, to see this thing slipping away and to see Cody Reed, who had all these hopes of getting that first big league win, he's on the bench and he can't do anything to, to get this thing from spiraling out of control. You got to think that he was very tempted to use Iglesias in that spot. But again, you look at the big term, the long term picture, and he stays away from Iglesias, and the ball game ends not the way the Reds wanted it to, obviously, as the Cardinals win it 5 uh, 4. But you brought up, uh, you know, not just Iglesias, but Michael Lorenzen as well. I think that, you know, the Reds knew what they had in Iglesias. The guy just has an electric arm, all the potential in the world. I know that, uh, you know, Michael Lorenzen also very highly touted, maybe not to the level of an Iglesias, but. Have they been even a little pleasantly surprised at just how good he's performed? I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised. I think it's just a different role. Uh, you know, he was a, a college closer, and uh, they took him with the like the 1A pick in the draft, I think, a couple of years ago, and, and they identified him as a starter, and they went to that, you know, developed him as a starter, and he had some promising starts. He had some struggles as well. But then he came back up from the struggles at the end of last season, and he worked out of the bullpen, and he showed some gas that he could throw 98 and be effective and, and, and had definitely had his edge back. And then, of course, they wanted to make him a starter again going into 2016, and then trouble happened. He got to one game. He got an elbow inflammation. Then he had to sit out for a while. Then he got mono and lost 25-plus pounds and, uh, you know, kind of uh, lost – any hope of maybe starting the season if they had started he may not even be back yet they would have had to get him and build him back up again so they kind of took a shortcut and realized that in order to get anything out of him this season to be effective that would be have to be out of the bullpen and they could reevaluate after the season and he's just been very good out of the bullpen in general he's got power stuff and it's moving pretty well for the most part he's you know he just seems like he's just on point and in terms of the bullpen between him and Iglesias it's been a it's been lifting uplifting for them i mean singrani's been better other than the other day and uh blake wood's been much better uh he's been pretty solid overall but having those two guys really added stability that that wasn't there in the first half you know yeah maybe another aroldis chapman will never come around those guys are you know they're maybe once in a generation type pitchers but moving forward if you can have a one-two back-end combo of lorenzen and iglesias that's uh that's got to be very exciting for the reds and for their fan base too Mark, I want to circle back around to uh, Cody Reed. I know you haven't spoken to him recently, but knowing him as you do and knowing him uh, and knowing the struggles he's gone through and, uh, you know, he's received a lot of encouragement, as we've talked about in previous weeks from, uh, you know, the management, from his uh, veteran teammates. How how tough do you think it was for him to, to know that he was so close to getting big league win at number one? And I know that, you know, in this day and age, Wins aren't everything. It's an overrated stat. Nonetheless, when you're a young kid and you've still got that goose egg in the win column, I would think that's got to be hard. How do you think he's handling going, you know, 0 for 9, at least in terms of getting that first big league win? 
Well, I, I can tell you that before I last, you know, when I last saw him and he struggled, you know, each interview post game was getting shorter and shorter because he's getting more and more frustrated. Uh, at first, it was kind of just chalking it up. He's happy to be there. He got the nerves, and you know, but overall, you know, it's a learning experience. And I, after uh, uh, three or four of those, it stopped being a learning experience, and it just was just frustration. And you could tell that he was not enjoying the outcomes at all. Uh, he did have that one decent start where he, he deserved better, and he but he, he you know started out rough and kind of slowed his pace down, and then was really encouraged by his last three or four innings. And that showed he you know he was pretty happy about that. I would imagine he wants the major league win, of course. I mean, even though the win stats been discounted, pitchers still chase wins, so I'm sure he wants it. But I have to think that just going out and throwing six scoreless innings had to be very uplifting and and, and very encouraging for him because he's been getting his butt kicked up and down the league and getting hit hard. It's just not, he's just not losing games. He's getting clobbered. And I think that was obviously frustrating because he hasn't gone through that at all probably in his entire life. So uh, it, it, I think just getting out there and being not just competitive but strong was probably very, very good for him. And the win will come. If he keeps pitching like that, it's going to happen. It's not going to always you know, be, be lost by the bullpen. He's, one of these days he's going to put it together and the offense and the bullpen are going to pick him up, and he's going to get that major league win and savor that and keep the ball and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, that day is coming. There's no question about that. And to not only have six scoreless, but six scoreless against the Cardinals offense, which has been pretty much wire to wire the best in the National League this year, another point of encouragement for him. So, uh, Cody Reed, your, your day is coming. But, again, you can't blame the guy. You know, like you said, the, the short post-game interviews, he's getting frustrated. He's a competitor. He wants to win. And, like you said, that day is certainly coming. Uh, Mark, heading down the home stretch here, Homer Bailey's going to make uh, his third start since Tommy John's surgery uh, tomorrow in Milwaukee. The first start, very good. The second start, not so much. Uh, and your discussions with him, what has been the biggest challenge for him, either mentally or physically, on this road back from TJ surgery? Well, before the actual uh, debut, uh, season debut in San Diego, the, the biggest thing was just not only throwing 95 and 96 like he has, but feeling like there is something behind the ball and like has a little, uh, you know, sharpness that he, you know, sometimes in the, in the rehab start, he said that was lacking, even though he was, the numbers said he was doing well and the, the radar was saying he was on point. The, the, that certain crispness to his pitches he felt was missing. And I think when he got to San Diego, uh, he was encouraged by the fact that that seemed to be there for the most part. Um, you know, he had, a, I think, a rocky-ish first inning, and then things really got together in, in the innings two through four. And then uh, in that, in that, or in the sixth inning, I think he got to the sixth, two through five, and he got to the sixth inning, he hit some struggles, and he lost his concentration. And then uh, he turned his back on the runner at third, and, and Will Myers came scampering home. It was kind of a, a glitch there, but uh, overall, he was very happy with how he did. The, the Reds were happy with what he did. And uh, talk, talking to Tucker Barnhart, he said it was just like he hadn't been missing, and that everything was right there. So uh, they were happy with that. I didn't see his last outing, but obviously, you know, it, it, with Tommy John surgery and coming back after a long layoff, it's, it's not going to always be perfect. And I'm sure he's got that. You know, for him, it's like April. As everyone else, it's now August, but him, it's still early April, and. These starts are going to be up and down. They're not going to be perfect. He's going to be still watched closely. They're eventually maybe will let him off the, uh, the, the the governor a little bit, but they're going to probably keep him around 90 to 95 pitches in six innings for a little while until they feel like he's gotten through that, and then he, he can take off like everyone else. Yeah, I think I think fans tend to overlook sometimes that, you know, we see a guy, you know, okay, he had the surgery, he's back pitching on a big league mound, everything is fine. 
well, everything's not fine because that's just, you know, there's another whole leg of that recovery is to get your body back into, you know, game shape, as they say. Absolutely. And that, right, right. And that, that's a long process, and it's, you know, every pitcher goes through it. Homer Bailey's going through it right now, so best to uh, exercise some patience and understanding of the situation that Homer Bailey is in. Uh, Mark, to wrap up here, just want to talk a little bit about uh, Jay Bruce, obviously now a former Red, a current Met, really struggling right now. The entire Mets offense <laughs> is struggling. Yeah. Bruce has not been the spark plug that they were hoping he would be, at least not yet. And, you know, from your own perspective, you know, we we cover baseball for a living, but, you know, we're also still fans. And obviously, you know, having been around Jay Bruce as you have been for so many years, you know, I would got I would have to think that, you know, Again, you're an objective journalist, but you're also a, a fan of the guy because he's been there for so long. He's a good guy, put up some big numbers. Is it is it hard for you to to see him kind of go through this right now with the Mets? Well, I could say this: I'm a, I am objective, and I'm not necessarily a fan of any players. But I'm a, for what Jay Bruce was. I was a fan of his professionalism, and he demonstrated it every single day, whether he was going well or whether he's you know he's terrible the previous two seasons. Jay Bruce was always at his locker, always ready to talk, ready to be accountable for what he did do or what he didn't do. And as a reporter, I always appreciated that. I also appreciated the fact that even when I wasn't, you know, rolling the recorder and interviewing him, I could have conversations about baseball with him or about anything, really. And I always came away impressed with what his knowledge was of that topic. You know, we could talk about baseball. And he knew not just about Major League Baseball, but he could talk about college baseball. He could talk about minor league baseball. He had a real sense of the game and understanding it and uh, just about the, the environment. So I, I appreciated that. And, yeah, going through the struggles, I'm sure for, for him in some way, it, it's been a, the, the, the tension of being possibly traded all season has been weighing on him since really a year ago it's been going. But he really had a nice season going. I'm sure at some point just getting it over with and being traded and changing scenery was, in a sense, a, a chance for him to exhale a little bit. And maybe in, in, in exhaling, it, it suffered and it, it was his production a little. I would not imagine it would be very long. He's always been a little streaky. He went through a nice, long, long uh, trend, you know, trending upward. It was inevitable at some point he was going to hit the skids for a little while, and I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he picks it up again. Obviously, the Mets really, really need a, a lift right now. They've been struggling. They got roughed up again today. Uh, they need some help, and I would imagine they would expect him to be a central part of that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, adding to that pressure for him is what happened one year ago with the Mets. You went you know, became Babe Ruth for a couple months and, uh, you know, lifted them to the division, uh, to a pennant, all the way to the World Series. Uh, Mets hoping that uh, Lightning would strike twice so far. Not the case, but Jay Bruce has the track record. He should be okay, but right now a bit of a struggle for him, uh, no question. Mark, a good place to wrap this one up. That is Mark Sheldon, our Reds reporter. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.